You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Tell Me on a Sunday. Welcome back this Sunday, uh, where the weather has been, I guess, much like my periods, confusing. I, <laughs> It's just, it's been a time. Today, I am talking to Allison Maldonado, and she and I, just full disclosure, she and I are intense, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize for the fact that we have had a glass of wine and are quite liberal with our giggles and our stories, and I feel as though I curse like an exorbitant amount in this episode, so I am sorry, um, but whatever, uh, that's what you're here for, so <clears throat> Allison and I met uh, doing retail in New York City, and we became fast friends, and she now has her own travel vintage show on Amazon called The Vintage Voyager. And I, if I didn't fucking know her, I'd watch this show. It's so good. She's literally the Anthony Bourdain of vintage. Um, They're in their third season and you could binge this show. It's absolutely enlightening, but I just, I actually just want you to meet her. She's great. Um, Here she is, the host of The Vintage Voyager available on Amazon. Follow her on Instagram, stream her show. Here she is, Allison Maldonado. Welcome to Tell Me on a Sunday with Allison Maldonado. Tell me on a Sunday, please. Yes, you know, I love it. I love the fact that everyone that listens to this will get that reference, and it's so great. I love how you're the first one to actually sing it. That's <laughs> yes, I know. And I've had two people, like, from theater worlds, like, definitely come oh on. God, you have to. The moment I read that yes. that's what it was called, I was just like, tell me on. <laughs> Famously, I hate Weber, so kudos to you, Andrew, for writing that. You know, I actually don't enjoy him either at all. <laughs> he needs to stop. We are much more Sondheim ladies. We're, we are we full are Sondheim, Sondheim to the full tilt. You would think that Song and Dance is a Sondheim piece, yeah. but it is indeed not. No. And it is indeed Andrew Lloyd Weber, who is, I guess, taking time off from writing about like um, awkward people and cats. And so, thank you for Song and Dance. Thank you for Bernadette Peters. Oh, thank you, Bernadette. Thank you, thank B- you, Bernadette. Bernadette. I just want her titties. Anyway. <laughs> I want her hair and her beautiful little pursed mouth. Well, you can buy both, my friend. <laughs> so, she didn't have to. Allison, you and I... We go so far back into my New York world. For real? For real, because um, you and I worked together in the depths of hell. (laughs) The actual depths of hell. That was your first New York job, right? Right? Technically, yes. Like, I had worked some retail, but that was my first long-term, full-time, like, But you were new to New York, right? Am I making that up? No, no, no. I'd been there for just a few months. Okay, yeah. So I was not... But you had... You were like a seasoned vet. (laughs) You were seasoned. You were oh like, I'm on the Upper West Side. I know where the Trader Joe's are. 
was just like, oh my god, you're so special. I feel like that's legit, Aaron. <laughs> that place though was absolutely the the pits, the absolute pits of hell. The thing is, like, retail is so for anyone listening, like, retail is just it's just Damon. it's so fucking trying. <laughs> yeah. And then you put yourself in New York in like the biggest area like the most busy area of the world oh geez dealing with the worst people but i will say yeah um before i worked at james purse i worked right cabbie corner across the street at kate, at kate spade, spade. Yes. and it was a world of difference like it was one thousand percent it's just because it was fucking james purse james <laughs> purse is truly the worst i hope you don't bleep their name at all and that they you don't think you want me to think I was gonna say I was like we have the editing software. I know, (laughs) but um, no, they should know. Their like their culture was so weird. But the best thing about the job, what's funny, is we our team was really great. But yeah, the just the overall culture of that store was. Awful. Do you have like do you have fond memories of like helping people or certain like celebs? Because we here's the thing, guys. Not to brag. Yeah, we have. But we folded many a cotton t-shirt I'm, for oh, many a celeb. Many a celeb. I mean, beautiful Uma and her daughter, who is oh, now in Stranger Things. Stop <laughs> it. That is her. Oh, is my it? God. Yeah, that's her. I was watching it, and I was like, why is this girl so familiar? And she has this fantastic speaking voice. And, you know, she talks like this. Of and course. I'm like, why does this girl look familiar? And then I remember oh. when she and Uma would come in looking amazing in their, like, men's big giant <laughs> cargo That's pants. so true. They somehow made look cool. They somehow, <laughs> yes. All those people can make all that stuff look cool. You and I were literally dumpster ladies. Like, we <laughs> we looked so daggum silly. We looked so awful. My, oh my god, I remember. To quote one of our, to quote one of the people that we worked with, we were not the brand. <laughs> because I learned how to do that. Like, yeah, after the fact, I went, oh, I should have done that. And yeah. and now I know better. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, you, you're supposed to learn from these things, and I'm glad that I did. But, uh, yeah, I was dumb as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, making that bank. Yeah. Yeah, I know, for real. <laughs> making so much money. We'd get lunch every day. It was so stupid. It was so stupid. Yeah. Oh, God. But, but that's, that's what you do. You work those luxury things in your early 20s, and then yeah. you fucking learn. But, I, yeah, no, I... To answer your question though, like yes. I have very fond, I have very fond memories of Yumi, Becca, and Hassan yeah. having just like a blast. That was, you know, our whole like dream team. Yeah. And um, I remember, <laughs> I remember the terrible moments, but you making them so funny, like that. Like it's literally all coming back. That woman oh, about to who lose came it. in one day, who was gorgeous. She looked like Courtney Love, but like ten times better. Do you remember this woman? She had yes. gorgeous breasts. Yes, I was. I'm 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 so sorry that I just said that, but truly, we were both eyeling. She had, well, well, it's not our fault. She just tore off her top in front of us and was screaming. Yes. 
at us and her children and her husband just titties out. And I mean, I was like, and we each had like 50 fucking like hangers in our hands. In 100%. Hand. And we were just overwhelmed. She had so much energy. She was, she really was like Courtney Love. She was intense. She really was intense, uh, intense. And her breasts were so beautiful. Yes. Like, <laughs> well, she was so in my face and everybody was like, oh, the gall. And she like ran out and I was just like. Damn, I miss her. Like, I was legit. I was like, can she come back though? Yeah. Like, we kind of loved her. But oh god. But then, but to okay. To though the story that came up when you were like, do you have any good stories with a star? This is like one of my favorite stories. I feel like I know it's about to occur, but I I want you to tell it and I want to see if I'm correct in my brain. Let's see. So this guy comes in, and I at the time like did not like keep in mind the music that they play at James Purse is all like California, like all beachy vibes, like, you know, kind of, and yeah, always that and tons of the Eagles. And I am, you know, working one day and this couple comes in and this like older, like very charismatic gentleman comes in and he has, he grabs all these clothes and I put him in his dressing room and I'm like, I'm like, oh my, it's like, like, let me know if you need anything. What's your name? And he goes, I'm Glenn, Glenn Fry. And I go, I go, well, Glenn Fry, I'm Allison, Allison Maldonado. And he just cracked up and we shook hands and he came in like a couple times after that. And like, I established a relationship with he and his wife, Cindy, mm. maybe the second or third time that he came in, yeah. my ex and I are wandering around for lunch, like mm-hmm. the following day. Right. And it was right at that time that the Eagles documentary had come out on Netflix. That was like a two-parter, like six-hour phenomenon. Yeah, it was and huge. It was Everybody huge. was talking about yeah, it. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And Rob started talking about like Glenn Fry and like John Henley or whatever the other guy's name is in the thing. <laughs> now I feel terrible. I definitely have the name like, Rob. Screw that but, guy. Like, whatever. Yeah, screw him. But, oh, oh sorry, Robin. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and he's talking, going on and on about Glenn Fry, and I'm like, Wait, Glenn Fry? And I'm like, that's one of my clients' names at James Purse. And of course I end up finding out that like it's fucking the same it's, guy. It's like him. it's him. And Aww. then um and like I just had I had a great time like helping him. I he was one of my like few people that I really enjoyed shopping with yeah. and um and dressing and then it was very sad to hear of his passing like yeah. literally maybe five months later that's but, true it yeah. was all at the same time and yeah. in the documentary he's wearing the shirt that you sold him I remember uh-huh. I remember that because it was so comical when yes, we all went to watch is. it yes, yes he's totally wearing it and I, we were all like oh you did that like that gorgeous button up Three, it was actually really beautiful. Oh, Damon has several in the closet. Are you crazy? <laughs> they I stretch. Know. They're great to dance to. They're fantastic. He wore it to the wedding. He was like, well, this is, you know, luxury. And I was yeah. like, you're so special. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's funny because I think I need to start logging all of those weird occurrences because yes. I'm going to forget them one day. You need to log them and, I mean, you're, we'll write yes. them into something. Exactly. they're just b- bonkers. It's bonkers and it's also, I've had the the like luxury of meeting some of these people in another light. So I've worked for them like Uh we did. And then I have been at events with them them, and they, some of them are night and day and some are the same person. And that's when I was like, Oh, this is how you learn how to be a good freaking human. Yes. And it was so lovely. Like me, (laughs) this man shuffles in and I'm not kidding you legitimately looked like one of the seven dwarves only because he was wearing a particularly rounded toboggan and then a full beard <laughs> and then a sweater and I was like hi ho hi ho yes. I am helping this gentleman yeah, this he's cute. my size hello five something yes. and he's, he's just this 
sweet little man with a briefcase and definitely like what looked like a script. And so I was like, oh, oh he's like doing something. And like, he's, he's trying. Oh, good for you, Hector. Good for you, good for you. You know, that's how we were always like, oh, good for you, honey. Like, book that work. It's damn Dustin Hoffman. And oh. I'm like, this man is shuffling and he's got like a little red nose. And I'm like, he is a dwarf. And, he, and I was like, how are you? Can I help you? And then I realized who it is. And I'm like, you know, I'm just like shaking. And then his wife comes in. She's so lovely. And he's looking at all the clothes, and I'm thinking, like, oh, great. Like, I'm going to help dress him for something. And he goes, I want sweatpants. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh wait. I feel like I remember this yes. story. Yes, yes, yes. Because all of the music at JP is from the era of The Graduate. Yeah. And no shit, they start playing um, The Sound of Silence. Yes. And I look at him, and I will never forget this. I go, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> pick the music. And he goes, it's actually nice. Oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The rest of the Simon and Garfunkel canon. Oh, God. That go with the canon. <laughs> the canon of Simon and Garfunkel. The canon of Simon and Garfunkel for this man. And then he looks at me at the end of this, like, beautiful transaction that I think has gone on for four hours. It's been 22 minutes. <laughs> That's the thing. At that store, every yes. single interaction felt like it was 10,000 hours long. Yep. You were like, that was only 10 minutes? Jesus Christ. Yes. How long are we here? My shoes are flat. So, he Dustin Hoffman Amex, and I'm like losing my marbles. And he goes, I have a cold. And I said, I can tell. I'm so sorry. And he goes, What do I do? And I'm thinking, This man doesn't have a physician. And I go, I said, Sir, sir, go to a Walgreens. Or, and he goes, What's that? And I'm thinking, Am I helping Dustin Hoffman through the trials and tribulations of this cold? I flip over the receipt. I write down Robitussin because I'm just having a brain fart. I'm like, I guess you should do some Vicks. I don't know. And he goes, what is this? And I'm like, it's over the counter. And he's like, what does this mean? I'm like, can I get your wife in here? Yes, sir. Have you ever had a cold before? Are you having, are you about to die on my hands? Like, what is happening? It was horrifying. And I thought, if tonight I get an email that Dustin Hoffman has lost his life, like it's, I, be it's my, my fault. fault. It's yeah. my fault. So then I flip over the receipt again, and I just keep writing all the cold medicines that I know. And I was like, "Take care, Dustin." And he was like, "Thank you." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's sweet man." And then he, and then the Netflix movie, the um, oh gosh, I can't even think of it. But it's like him and D- Ben Stiller. Uh, come out with this movie like a year later and he looks exactly like how he looked oh, right then so I was like yeah, oh that's what he was doing but didn't he get cured wasn't there an end to the story oh, where he, he came, came back and he was like back. I got better and I'm like good like he acted like he was on his cancer deathbed <laughs> and I was like I think he just had the flu or something I don't know but <laughs> he probably did and it, for some reason during that time he needed to buy a hundred dollar t-shirts yeah well, he de- <laughs> well just the sweatpants just, oh the sweatpants just that's the right sweatpants. the sweatpants but God bless him. Oh, God bless and I him. and I looked uh, and I remember calling Damon at the time and I was like, you know what? The next time I see him, I hope I'm working with him. Oh my God. <laughs> he well, was like, well, I get that. Well, that's because it's like no, but that's the thing. That's I mean to go back with what you were just saying though. Like yeah. you you work with pe- with people mm-hmm. and then you work you know under people and and right. for people and it's like yeah. that is why it's the old it's the old adage always be you know 
always, always be kind. You yes. just never know who you're going to be always dealing with. Always just be a good person. Yeah, it's yeah, especially hard. in this city. It's like every single service job is, <laughs> is worked by an artist of some sort. Yes. So and Every you never movie know where premiere you are... go to, the caterers, they're probably going to an open call in the morning. So it, just be nice. Yeah, exactly. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. And they've been at premieres before at the exact space that they're catering. Like, it's like, you know, it's a very weird... Yeah cyclical thing. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's funky. Just be good. And you can tell the people that have done those things that make it. Yes. Because they're still kind. 1,000%. I hope that they're still kind. 1,000%. Yeah. I got to take a second and tell y'all about my personal training coaches, Steve and Rachel Payne at House of Payne. I've been doing their workout programs, let's say three years, and they shape bodies. And yes, they prepare people to compete in bodybuilding shows, which some of it's your jam. It's not my jam. What I love about them is that they understand the look that I want, tone, fit, something that's sustainable for my lifestyle. They create a custom individual plan that includes my workouts, my cardio, and my nutrition. I do their online program, but when I'm in Atlanta, I do one-on-one training with them at their facility, and it kicks my ass. They FaceTime me whenever I have questions, alter my plan when needed, and no matter what stage you want to step on, competition, career, lifestyle, a red carpet, wedding, whatever it is, House of Pain personal training is the most personal training you can get. Visit their website, trainwithpain, T-R-A-I-N with P-A-Y-N-E dot com for more details. So, Allison, you are a woman of many, I was going to say a coat of many colors. Why oh, would I say such a thing? I really kind of love that. Right, you you oh, are. So I mean, I have co- many coats with many colors in my closet. <laughs> God, you got so many things in those closets. Yes. Um, you do, you do your show, your vintage Voyager. Yes. But this, I want to get to that later. Right now, I want to talk about you as like the performer and lovely, amazing human that you are. Yes. Oh, thank you. You, the second I met you, I was like, ah, oh, you do theater. Like, <laughs> that, I think that actually legit was the first sentence you might have said to yes, me. Yes, I said, oh. I think you said like, hi, I'm Grace. And I was like, hi, I'm Allison. And I'm like crazy mix. And you're like, oh, you do theater. <laughs> and you're like, I'm from LA. And I was like, I never would have pegged her. I never would have from San Diego. From San Diego, yes. Yes, Yeah, I God, I would never want to be from LA. But like But you came (laughs) to New York to do AMDA, correct? Yes. That's why you moved. I was an AMDA girl. Yes. But I to be honest, I would have moved regardless. Really? Yeah. I always wanted always wanted to come to the East Coast. Always wanted to come to New York. Um, before going to AMDA, I mean, talk about a step down, but like I originally wanted to like if you would have asked me when I was twelve, I wanted to go to Juilliard. Uh, for ballet but then things you know change but no matter what I often think about that and I'm like you know uh, because there are points in time Mm -hmm. that you can kind of like go back to and and you can see where something shifted and like for me when um, when I was a kid it was always dance like and and I mean like I wanted to be like a prima ballerina and we were like literally Gwen Verdon like you are hands down the most Gwen Verdon human I think that there could ever be oh my god like thank you reincarnate sincerely thank you and I'm not like like, Michelle Williams did a fantastic job in that Gwen uh, that Verdon oh you didn't like it oh no 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 oh iconic Oh, no, she did a fucking yes. great job. But I watched that, and I was like, oh, I could, I could I play that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could play that part. That's like, well, you know, there's always those parts where you're yes. like, I could play that part. Every time I see <laughs> Hamilton, I'm like, damn you, Lynn. It could have been me. It could have been me up there. <laughs> you and Lynn and Miranda are the same. Same height. Oh, I know. <laughs> We both get a scruff, and I, I too, shave a little bit on the sides of my mustache. So, yeah. anyway, That's how I feel also about um, uh, 
Truthfully. Oh, and speaking of, I, that's how I feel about Marvelous Miss Maisel, too. Um, that's like one a television show, I think, number one that I've watched. And I think, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, that that yeah. could be me. That could be me. And it, I mean, I also used to know Rachel Brosnahan because she was Kate Spade's. Kate Spade's Or niece. she is Kate Spade's niece. That's um, right. Yeah, and she used to come into Jack Spade and shop. Rest and in I mean, peace. Yeah, rest Jack in Spade. peace, Jack Spade, the best. Because I worked for Jack Spade as well. And she used to come in there, and um, and we had a lot of really wonderful conversations. But I mean, yeah, she was a theater gal. She, she was, was a theater OG gal first. Theater gal. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, one of the mm-hmm. great stories. Like, went to NYU, got discovered immediately. Like, one of those situations. But um, <laughs> never happens. But good for her. I know. It, like, it literally it happens to one out of you know the four thousand students in like any given semester or whatever. But right. um, but yeah. Uh, what the heck was I talking about? But yeah, I was a majorly into dance when I was a kid. Like, always wanted, again, wanted to be a prima ballerina. Oh. <laughs> and spent, I mean, like, God, up until I was 12, 13, it was like, you know, three days a week mm-hmm. after school, like, you know, four hours. Did you like dance. company like, where it was like ballet, tap, jazz, yes, modern? Yep. Did the all whole, of it. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I was on point and like doing all this stuff. And it, yeah. sometimes I wish that we would have kept basically what happened. And this is one of those moments that um, was a total, total turning point. Like, things would have been very different in my life if, if this hadn't happened. Like, you know, at the time, again, I was 12, 13, I was starting to be more independent. And like, you know, um, it was the end. Or no, 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 no. It was, it was, I was in sixth grade, so I must have been 12. And it was the week of my birthday. And at the dance school that I went to, often for people's birthdays, they would throw like a birthday party. And it was usually organized by the parent of the actual birthday child. Of course. But I was, um, like, during that time, we had a lot of other stuff going on in the family. And so I had missed a couple dance classes and like my school was very strict about like always call, always call, which we always did. Yeah. Well, on my birthday week, I got majorly sick with like an awful, awful flu. And uh, we just because of all the busyness, we forgot to call and my mom didn't call and nobody called. And who, but who called Sue Hamilton, my dance teacher, who was this like feisty, feisty like taught by a vaudevillian, like very, very classic trainer, but she was very aggressive. And she and my mom had a lot of fights with each other because my mom was not a stage mom and she did not know how to handle like this very aggressive woman kind of taking over who was like, oh, your daughter has a lot of talent and I'm going to groom her. And like, she kind of also was very strict with me about like diet and this and that. And my mom was like, that's very my, old school, though, to be, like, it's very, I know. It's very old school, and my mom has, like, also dealt with, like, a lot of, like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. food stuff through her life, so she was like, don't you dare put this on my daughter, like, she was very protective, yeah. which I 1,000% understand. You appreciate it. So, yeah. they already, you know, were butting heads. Right. Um, and I loved dance so much that my mom was like, okay, we're going to, you know, keep her in it, mm-hmm. but uh, when, so I got really sick for on my birthday night. And Sue Hamilton calls, and she is having a fit. I can hear, I wake up from like a fever dream, and I hear her and my mom talking on the phone downstairs. And I can literally hear her screaming, being like, saying to my mom, like, we threw her a party, everybody's here, like, there's a cake here, there's this and this, you guys did not call, you aren't here, all this stuff. And my mom, of course, was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, like, she is really Very sick. sick yeah. Like we, I've been taking care of her all day. We've been at the doctors. We, you know, X, Y, and Z. This, the, all the, the whole thing. 
she, my mom was like, please just have the party without us. Like, I'm so sorry. She hangs up the phone. Sue called back and she called back like three times and she was demanding to talk to me. Yeah, it was very weird. She was demanding to talk to me and my mom like didn't know what to do. She gave, my mom actually gave me the phone here. I'm like having a fever. I literally was like having a fever, like crazy. And, and I remember her again, like yelling on the phone being like, Allison, you should have called like you're, you know, you're basically a teenager now. Like you have to call, you have to be responsible. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, you know, whatever I said, right. whatever my 12-year-old version of me said, like, right. I'm so sorry, all this stuff. Again, I give the phone back to my mom, and my mom goes downstairs, continues talking on the phone with her, and my mom, at a certain point, I just knew, she goes, you know what, we don't fucking need this. We're out of here. We're out of here. You're not taking our money. You're not taking any more of this. Yeah. Like, we're out of here. And uh, and so I stopped going to dance, and I was going to continue. We were going to find another school, but then I started junior high. And then I started doing the musicals at the junior high and high school I was at and um, realized you could do all three. You You could could act, sing, and dance. And that totally changed the trajectory of my life and what I wanted to do and why I wanted to come to New York. And, um, but it stayed, it's, I mean, you know, it's like, I often think like, what is the, what's the, if that would have happened, if I would have stayed and, and Mm -hmm. continued you know, and really wanted to actually be like a prima ballerina, to be like right. Misty Copeland's, like, oh, you know, I would have ended up here, but then who would I be friends with? Like, Miserable? I would be living in, like, another universe. Yeah. But, yeah, it always, um, another... But it's it's yeah. great that you kept yeah. performing. Like, yeah. Because so, I, I feel like you, another version of you would have been like, oh, man, that's too hard. I can never go back. Like, the trauma of it. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, ha-ha, I can kick my face and sing and dance, <laughs> Like, I can just see you being like, screw her, and then just doing it. Like, what were your high school performing memories? Because I love talking oh about this. Oh, my God. High school. Well, first off, <laughs> first off, like, I mean, because one of your questions that you asked that, like, actually has me, like, has had me thinking all yeah. day is, like, I think one of the things is, like, when was the first time that you ever performed? And I really was thinking about it because I was like, you know, I actually cannot pinpoint a specific moment of Mm -hmm. like the first time I was on stage or anything like that. It was very, like, it's always just been. Like, it's always been. Well, you've always been entertaining. Yeah. And then they would just go, okay, here's the venue. Yeah, exactly. Probably, yeah. Yeah, there was never a, a moment of, you know, even, even being, I mean, with starting dance young and doing recitals, but like, even before that, it was always just like, oh, this is so natural to like be up in front of a group of people. And like, I also am very much, if you know me personally, like I kind of make everywhere my stage as well. Yes, honey. All my fucking hustle jobs. I'm like, hello, everybody. Welcome. It's a daggum like (laughs) one year old baby that cannot like, that does not have vaudeville as expertise. And you're like, let me do a kick line. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. I believe you. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like it, it's just always, it's always, it's just, you know, it's fucking in your blood. Like that's yeah. what it, that's what it is. But, um, but in high school I did really want, that was one thing is like after I stopped dancing a lot and then realized, you know, I could do musical theater, how right. you know fun that was. I did really want to do it professionally, but my parents like kind of had a sit down talk with me and they were like, if you want to, if we know you really want to do this, if you want to do it and you, when you're an adult, then you pursue it. But like, they didn't want to be again, like they didn't really, they did not want to be the stage moms. And now having done, I've done three national tours with a huge amount, like in a show that has 
13 children in the cast and then traveled with all of their parents. And I'm so glad that that wasn't my existence. That like is a totally it's different a job. It's a job. It's really strange. Like with schooling, it's very strange. It's, it's, it's funky. It's like, it's wonderful. And they're mm-hmm. making their own set of amazing memories. But for me, it's like, I'm glad that I had the experience that I had. Yeah. A little bit normal. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, but though I fucking ran my <laughs> drama department in high yes, school. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Okay. Favorite roles or unfavorite roles? Oh God. Tell okay. me a story of this. Okay. Well, let it be known that I went to, let it be <laughs> oh, known. I'm actually going to live, live for this. A Christian high school. So, like, you should know this. I went to a Christian school, Christian private school, K through 12. You did not know this? I did not. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. This yes. either explains a lot, or now I'm left with questions. Yeah, like, there are so many questions. I mean, like, wow. I look back. I luckily, some people had very awful experiences. Like, I have a, some, I mean, like, you know, one of my, of course, like, of course, of course. First day of eighth grade, like, I make best friends with, like, the only gay kid in our whole entire high school. You found them. You I, like, sniffed it I out. Found I know him. you did. Like, You're like, where's the glitter? <laughs> And then you found them. I'm like, here he is. And I mean, like, you talk to him and talk to some of my other friends, unfortunately, from that time. Like, when they recall memories from that time. And I mean, they had just the worst experience, which is so sad because, like, if... But But that's why there's people like you at their schools... To be like, this is my group. This is who I can like be yeah. with and be myself. Yeah, yeah. that's 1, beautiful. One thousand. Be that. Yeah, listener. Be, be that listener. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Because I, I mean, like, I've gotten. I can't tell you the amount, especially this year. Funny enough, I've gotten a lot of messages from people at different parts of my life, being like, "Thank you so much. Like, you helped me come out and like realize I was gay and like wow. all this stuff, which is so. I mean, what a thing to to say. It's that's it's so, kind. so yeah, so kind. But um. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is that, you know, for some people that experience was awful. In mm-hmm. a Christian school, it's very bizarre. It's very weird. You know, you're being taught creationism rather than evolution, you know, among many other things. Sure. The teachers that we had weren't even fucking teachers. Like, they were, didn't even have their credentials. Like, it was just, it was bizarre. Um, we had a legit pedophile working in our cafeteria because they were like, the Lord is going to change him. I don't, I'm San Diego. I don't know why I'm doing this. I know. It's like, <laughs> but that's, that's literally yeah. what they would say. And then me and my friends, of course, you know, all of us were murderinos from a young age. So we were on like familywatchdog.com, which is yeah. where you can see all the pedophiles. And we were like, that's our fucking cafeteria, man. Like, I'm not kidding everyone. This is like legit. The high school, needless to say, doesn't exist anymore. Scandal. So, scandal. Scandal. I love scandal. it. But anyway. Anyway, so, but we did have, funny enough, a fantastic drama department. Oh, and wow. before I actually, when my brother was in high school there, mm-hmm. uh, it was like the number one drama, like school to go to for drama in San Diego, which is oh, crazy. Because wow. cool. the caliber of our shows were incredible. The theater that That's we awesome. performed in was beautiful. Like, it was great. It wasn't the lunchroom? No, it was not the lunchroom. Oh. Praise. Mm. Uh, is that what you had to I don't want to talk about it. Oh, no. This is my pod. Oh, no. I don't have to talk about it. Yeah, it was no. middle school, and it was called the multi-purpose room. Bitch, that's a tile floor. It's a cafeteria. Oh. <laughs> How dare you? I'm not doing Godspell in here. <laughs> oh, my God. The, no, like, the sound must have been terrible. Nothing like, like doing You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. No. Me, of course, as Lucy. Me? Singing at the top of my shrill lungs. I've never been told, which, uh, well, I have been told many times, how can you be both sharp and flat at the same time? <laughs> well, honey, I'm a multitasker. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a Jill of all trades, bitch. I can do it. Like, I'm like, well, that's my 
privacy and that's my truth. Anyways. <laughs> Anywho. Oh my God. Oh my God. But yeah, no, we had a, we really had a fantastic drama department. We did, let's see, we did Cinderella. Mm -hmm. We did Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella. We oh, did, good, good we one. did Beauty and the Beast. We did Fiddler on the Roof. Which Who were I, you in Beauty and the Beast? I have to know this. I was, I, this was when I was in eighth grade, which uh, well, the thing was, we, too so, early for you. yeah, so junior high and high school, we were all on the same campus and only the high schoolers, there were three shows a year. There was of a, course. um, a comedy in the fall, winter drama, and then there was a There's musical always in the a spring. winter drama. <laughs> Seasonal depression. I'm going to get really, really heavy here. But this is what so, I do. Um, yeah, and and then there was of course the spring mus musicale and uh, the spring musicale. The musicale. To quote High School Musical. <laughs> God. Anywho. Oh God. So so there were those three, and um, the high schoolers were the only one. Like first off, there was an actual drama club, and the drama club did the first two sh shows, right. and then the musical was open to everybody to audition for. Um, and only a couple junior hires would get in the musical. And I, of course, always did because, you know, well, yes. your pizzazz and, and your um, charisma, <laughs> they couldn't pass you out. They're like, and if also, we don't cast her, she will not stop talking Also, about let it. it be known for Cinderella. No, this might be a lie. I actually don't think Cinderella. I think I sang, I choose to um, I think I sang a love, no, I sang, um, falling in love with love because I fucking love that. But like from the from the movie, from the I mean, movie. from the boys and Sarah Cruz or whatnot, it's not yes. actually in the show, but I was like, I have to sing this Bernadette song. So I sang that, but I, I'm mixing it up with another memory I have, where in music class in sixth grade, they were like, the music teacher was like, can you please bring in a, uh, like, please everyone come in and sing a song. Like, I just want to hear how, like, how people can oh, sing, no. which is such a terrible thing to, like, give a, 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 this is assignment to a class of, like, just, like, normal kids, like, all 11-year-olds. Let it be known, everyone sang, like, Amazing Grace or Happy Birthday. What did I sing? What did you sing? Play by J-Lo. <laughs> And that's when you came out. And that is legit when I became a power fucking bottom. Like, I was like... <laughs> Play by j -Lo. I'm almost... In my mind's eye, I had a karaoke track with me, but I'm probably, like, fantasizing that. <laughs> I, I think... Uh, yes. Chorus class, same scenario, where people... Not the exact same, but where they were like, bring a song in to analyze. And I was like, you have stirred the wrong pot, my friend. <laughs> Because this bitch is about to hit you with popular, my friend, because no one had heard of Quicked at the time. Oh God, it had yeah. just come out, and I was like, it is me. I am Kristen Chenoweth. No, 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 no. And I came in, and I was like, what the fuck? And you I probably like, sounded exactly like her at that oh. time. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Still. She is forever. Yeah, yes. I mean, exactly. You can tap into that so easily. But yes, and I was so excited. And my kids are like, what the fuck? Like, literally, everybody was like, you guys got, like, Kid Rock? And I was like, I can't relate to you. No. But, like, um, I am refined. I know we were really weird kids. I feel sure. like all like, the teachers went home and they would like laugh their ass off about like oh. these types of like you and me like the types of kids that were just like on their own planet. Yeah. Like, thank goodness. Like really, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we make for the best adults, so that's really <laughs> that's what it comes down to. But um, oh my but, God, but, keep going. But yeah, so with high school, with um, yeah, we did Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. Those were junior high years. But then. Uh, in ninth grade, we did Bye Bye Birdie, and I was Mrs. Peterson. I was the, the mother. I always Very played, funny. Um, I, unfortunately, I never got to be, I've never, ever 
played the ingenue. And I have never mm-hmm. fit that role. I've never done anything. And I will say, like, if I was ever given those types of parts, I, and I mean, I'm now getting a little too old, but like, if, if I was ever given the chance, like, I would be great. Like, I think about if I was Cinderella yeah. in like, Into the Woods, like, I would fucking kill yeah. that part. But it's like, it's all about, of course, like anything, it's about people seeing outside of the box and being like, oh yeah. But I, I mean, mm-hmm. I always have had the air of like, uh, much wiser than I was. Yeah. And, right. um, so yeah, so I played her, but here's the great, here's the great story that like lives in the high school years. We did in, I think it was 10th or 11th grade. It might've been my senior year, actually. It was sometime, whatever. We did, um, our town for the winter drama. Stop. Of and now because here's the kicker, because it's a Christian school. Oh no. No they decided does. that the narrator would be three people to represent the f- father, the son, son and the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. I no, can't even that. Thank you, Grace, for bringing this back to me. I literally have not thought about this since high school. No one can see me, but I am hurt physically <laughs> by what you're saying. I mean, literally... Um, Thornton Wilder was just rolling in his Rolling. Grave. Rolling like, with the Father, Son, and rolling, Holy Spirit. Rolling. Rolling. I will say, though, the memory that I have on stage of that, I was one of the, the wives, whichever one it was. And one of my lines, and this, actually, this will totally open up a whole can of worms, which, again, like, all this stuff is just, like, coming back. But one of my lines in the show, and it was really, it was really moving to me then, it's still really moving, is, like, there's a shift all of a sudden in the air. They realize that times are changing. Mm. And the one of my lines was something like, oh, like, did you hear about, like, Billy down the street? Like, so-and-so, like, they're locking their doors at night. Like, and that's, like, all they really say. Like, it's like something like that. Like, it's a line, something like that. Right. But it really hit me at the time, and, like, it stayed oh. with me always. Like, because it's like, yeah, times are always changing and we need to protect ourselves I guess like it's wow. very yeah you actually legitimately like an audience member had a, like a realization as you were performing this line as a high schooler yeah yeah wow. I was like oh funky mm-hmm. I had the same scenario when I played the spoon in Beauty and the Beast cast <laughs> 2 where I was I, like, was, I was I was a spinning plate that's to answer your question I was a spinning plate yes I was a spinning plate <laughs> our high school famously did two casts to appease, I guess, every parent. Oh, which I, I think for is that. Well, I do not I live, live for no, this. No, no, no. I, do, I live for the idea. <laughs> like, I, I, I would never want it to be, but, like, I live for how kooky it is. Like, it's so stupid. It's like, okay, your children are not going to get picked sometimes. They all have to deal with rejection. Thank you. Learn. Fucking live with it. Freaking like, learn. It's so, it's so Well, bonkers. they also wanted to sell, like, so many tickets. And da, da, da. Uh, it's just yeah. like, shut up. Yeah, like, shut I up. was absolutely salty, too. Shout out Spencer McRaven. Sorry for being so freaking salty at you. While we were doing the choreography, as I was uh, a babette, and she was also a babette. Of oh. course, I, uh, black and white feathers. Are you kidding me? Of course. Yeah. Oh my god. The closest thing I'll ever now. be is to Cruella, and <laughs> I, I, I was sharing like the costume with her, and I was sharing like the role with her, and every time she would go out, I would just absolutely scoff. I was such a rude <laughs> little bitch. I was like. <sighs> Well, if you had been at the rehearsal I was at, like, da-da-da, it was like, who do I think I am? Well, that's what's really funny about that. That's another side to that whole thing that's stupid, because tons of high schools do this now. We're all pinned against you. Yeah, the thing was, in the end, if you would just give one per, if you would just make one cast, 
and like some kids get rejected, it sucks, like all this stuff. Instead, by making two and giving everyone a part, there's this weird jealousy and like people then in turn end up like uh, breaking each other down rather well, then than they being would go, supportive. Oh, are you seeing cast A or B? Well, the A yeah. is good at singing, the B is Exa- good at acting. Yeah, first go. of all, some of us can do both. It ain't me. Yeah, but some of us can do both. No, it's you're right. It's it was just like an ugly thing. I do not I do not condone no. cast A B. No, it's shut stupid. the hell up. But yeah, like that's <laughs> oh god, that's so funny. Isn't yeah. it weird though that we carry all of this like for the rest of our lives? You know, we you really do. You really do. Well it I mean, especially especially us, because of the fact that like that was the building blocks to everything that we're we're doing. Like it's right. you know. I absolutely freak out when it comes to singing harmonies. I hear someone sing a different note than me and I assume I'm wrong. I've always looked for a better way to train my ear and give myself more confidence in my harmony singing ability. Now I get to tell you about my new go-to app, Harmony Helper. Playbill Features writer Ruthie Fireberg calls Harmony Helper a lifesaver for auditioning actors. Broadway con star and Harmony Helper artistic advisor Rob McClure has called the app a game changer for the musical theater industry. Harmony Helper will help you develop the skills to harmonize using the newest tech available. With Harmony Helper, I can literally scan a sheet of music with the camera on my phone, and the app does some kind of witchcraft and maps out the harmony parts. It converts each line of music to audio, allows you to control the playback volume for custom control over your learning process, and then this, this is the crazy part. It provides real-time feedback to let you know if you're singing your part correctly. Take the rehearsal room into your own hands with Harmony Helper. Download it in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Well, and now, but it's so, it's lovely that you have this show Mm -hmm. because you are the star of your show. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, Tell the children (laughs) about how the Vintage Voyager came to be and like just the beginning of it because I'm obsessed with it. Oh, you're, you're so, so sweet. Um, I mean, God, I kind of always had the idea to do the Vintage Voyager, like even back when I was 18, I kind of had the thoughts like, you know, in this age of reality television that we're in, and it was like, oh my gosh, there's a, there's a show literally about anything. There's a show about effing duck hunters. Like, it's like... What? Indeed there is. Like, like, what? And, like, fly fishers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why isn't there a show about the incredible world of vintage shopping? Because I've been vintage shopping since I was a kid. It was probably like, I was... Because I've always been obsessed with old movies like when I was three my mm-hmm. grandmother showed me for the first time I literally I was three she showed me on the town and that and to be honest that was a major that I can that is a major pinpoint moment in life like she showed me that and I mean seeing June Kelly and Frank Sinatra and Betty Grable and the queen Vera Ellen like dancing on the screen and in these gorgeous clothes and they're in this place called New York. Oh right, and right, right. Everything, with the subway. Everything, the everything about it, I was like, oh my God, I want to go there. I want to wear that. I want to hook up with a sailor. That's the <laughs> I'm going to be Miss Turnstiles, Yeah, I want to dance all over New York. Hooking up with a sailor, I think maybe the only thing that has not happened. I've hooked up with a Marine, but like... Praise, <laughs> praise God. Praise God. He was so hot. It was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> He was an officer too. Oh, oh my! He literally said to me, and he was literally in New. Actually, okay, I take everything back because he was in New York for 24 hours. I met him at my old job, Shinola. Thank you so much, Shinola. 
I gave him my number because I was like, oh my God, you're so fine. And like he texted because he told me he was only there for like, because literally the helicopter that he and his team were flying to like, they stopped in New York to get lunch. Like literally this, how, when does this happen? The helicopter broke down and he was stuck in New York for 24 hours until the repair team came. And he came to Shinola because he needed to like blow off some steam. Like, and he loved it. He needed to get away from like the helicopter that broke down. Mm. He came in. This is the type of shit that happens to me. First of all, this is a Sex in the City episode. No, I literally are aware. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yes. This will be written into something or many things. So he comes into Shinola. He tells me this whole story. I drop, I give him my number on a business card and I'm like, well, if you need anything to do in the next 24 hours, <laughs> I'm open, bitch. Like I literally have legs open. Like, <laughs> so here, that's what ended up happening. Like he calls me, he came to Jersey city, like comes out, like, oh. which, I mean, how kind, how like kind. literally comes out. That's we went, we went to Raleigh. We had a great fucking time. I mean, and then we went back to New York and went to his hotel room and it was so, I'm so sorry, mom. You're probably <laughs> Swanky, swanky. I mean, I told my mom all of this because he was so hot. <sighs> no, no, no. This is a New York dream. Stop I, it. No, it was literally his chest was so broad and hairy. <laughs> oh, and at God, dinner, you love a big gentleman. I love a big gentleman. That's but like yeah. one of the only things I'm true about you. Oh God, yeah. You love a like, tree let man. Me climb you like yes, a tree. Yes. Exactly. I know. But yeah. So he, but he. But anyway, my point is, at dinner, he actually told me he was an officer, and I go, "You're an officer," and he goes, "An officer and a gentleman," and I was like, I literally, my jaw dropped, and like, I was immediately. I can't say. Well, he was a marine, so he's aware. He knows the seas. <laughs> It was so great. It was so great. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting really sidetracked. I was going to get really I'm obsessed with these stories. I don't care. Yeah. No, it was, it was so great. Oh God. Anyway. Okay. Going back. Anyway. Okay. Let's get serious again. So, so on the town. So on the town. So when I'm three. So yeah. So when I'm literally baby at three years old and seeing this movie, that was, that was the moment that I was like, oh my God, like I want to wear those clothes. I want to dance in New York. Like yeah. I want to, I want to be there. And like, by the time I was actually like 10 and started really dressing myself and, and everything, I started to complain to my mom that I wanted to dress like these people. And I was like, where do you go? And I remember being at her hairdressers, like at the salon mm-hmm. and her hairdresser who is still to this day, her, the woman she goes to Jennifer was like, take her to Hillcrest, which is like an artsy, like it's the neighborhood of, of San Diego. Lovely. And they have this whole strip still do of amazing vintage and thrift stores. Wow. And that was it. Like my mom took me there and like all through junior high and high school, she would just drop me and my friends off with like 20 bucks and we would come home with bags and bags of stuff. I mean, just throwing wow. clothes. But I mean, that was really where I like cut my teeth on like, you know, learning about learning about vintage. And I mean, we would bring home trash, but then in the middle of that, we would also like learn about these beautiful well, it's items. Also and like vintage, as you know, is like historic. So yes. like you're literally learning, oh, they painted on pantyhose during the war. I would never have like it, it, you don't even think about that oh, now. The, yeah, yeah. The, the little the detail. details are insane. And of course then from going to all different vintage stores, you realize like the owners are so cool. They're cool and kooky. They all have wild, yeah. amazing stories. And it was like, why doesn't a show about this exist? So mm-hmm. You know, it took quite a few years. It took me, you know, establishing myself kind of in the musical theater world. Um, It took me, of course, going through a breakup 
to say, you know what, who the fucking cares? I'm going to make this. I'm going to do it. Because mm-hmm. I was, before that, like all through the years, I was like, oh, I need a TV crew. I need this and this. I need X, Y, and Z. There's always a reason. And fi- there's always a reason. And finally it was like, nope, let's just do it. Yeah. And I called up my friend Nikhil at the time. Shout and out to I mean, Nikhil. Shout out Killing to Nikhil, it in Mean Girls. Nikhil Sabu in Mean Girls and all the other things he's doing now. He's like, yes. I mean, there's all these movies he's coming out in. Like he's fantastic and like but he's amazing he's, he's a great videographer and um he just was extremely supportive and was like absolutely i'll do this for you wow. so we went all over new york like i legit just started cold calling places and like some people of course already knew me from shopping at the stores so much like search and destroy knew me we filmed at seven different places in in new york i went on the national tour of a christmas story like maybe two months later mm-hmm. and we filmed while we were on the road yeah. and I filmed with different people and then we turned that into the second season and when that was all said and done I took a step back and I was I was a burnt out but mm-hmm. b I was like oh this show has kind of become unintentionally and just organically about something different it's not just you know when I created it I was like I want to go to these stores and I want to try on these fun clothes and I want to highlight how vintage stores are run and give a little bit of um, knowledge into fashion history. And then after I film these seasons, you know, I'll probably just go back to musical theater. And that's not what happened at all because I (laughs) I realized um, very quickly that the show was becoming about more than just clothing and shopping Mm -hmm. for clothing. It was a, a window into this amazing vintage culture you know the people who actually run these stores have such incredible stories all of these Mm. people this whole culture that's incredibly inclusive that's full of women and lgbtq business owners you know black business owners they're you know making all of these functions there's all these different um events that are going on there's no Um, cutthroat fashion negativity that you see in other parts of of clothing and industry and all that no vintage is literally like we are all in this cool kid club yeah yeah kind of yeah even if you own one little newsy cat you're You're, invited you're invited i don't care like you're part of this one thousand percent yeah i realized that was a, a kind of the world that was opening up to me and the messages i was getting from people and everything i was like okay yeah this is I, I want to feature more of this. Mm. And so that's been kind of the evolution of this third season. Right. And where I'm kind of going in the well, content. Well, the sneak peek that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> the sneaky peek the that sneaky I saw peek. at, let's plug them, yeah, uh, Another Man's Treasure. Another Man's Treasure. The way they curate, I, I hands down, that's my first and usually last stop. Yeah. I've worn their stuff on the on a yeah. red carpet. Like, I... Yeah. I actually several there's something for everyone in there and at every single price point yes. that's like something that's a really big anyone thing. that's traveling to new yeah. york you love vintage even if you don't just come to jersey city for a second and go to another man's treasure yeah it's five minutes from them. the world trade center Truly, it's amazing it, five minutes it's, it's fantastic unbelievable. the curation men and women the fact that my husband hates and i'm talking like hate shopping uh, yeah hate, well hate shopping but also has always had a dirty taste in his mouth from vintage because people confuse thrift and vintage all the time. All the time. They don't, yeah. And and he was like, oh, I just don't want to wear someone's old clothes. And I'm like, well. And I took him there and I got us all suited up to go to Disney World and he got like these Donald Duck suspenders. <gasps> like shirts galore. And he was like, oh, I love this. This is fun. I'm like, see? Yeah, see? It's, it can be lovely when you have a good experience. And so that's what I love about your show is that you highlight 
this beautiful part of like American culture and you know not American culture but yeah it's it's fantastic yeah so thank you it's lovely it's really lovely and so this new season you guys I know I'm very excited there's gonna be I mean there's not only the vintage visiting the vintage stores that like people you know love Mm -hmm. but there is also um I mean the aspect a new thing that I'm bringing in is focusing big chunks of the episodes actually on vintage enthusiasts so people who live sleep breathe work um anachronistically mm-hmm. and uh, and are just so inspiring and again so <laughs> authentically themselves I have such an appreciation for a project because I know how much work it takes to actually put something um, put something on you know especially oh if it's an gosh. independent work it takes so much work and everybody wears so many hats and mm-hmm. that's why you know when something's an indie work like please support it and like mm-hmm. If, if you're you a part, like it, if talk you about like it. it, yes. And if you are a part of it, like, I mean, really, like, good for you because it yes. just—it's so much work. But honey, you're, like, if you like something and it's independent, don't fucking keep that to yourself. No, it is not a secret. Like, tell all your friends to listen to it. Yeah, Stop tell, it. tell everybody. I mean, like, I mean, my show—I will say—is it's a testament to like word of mouth because yeah. I have not paid besides like a couple Facebook things. I have not put out ads for it. I have not done anything and it is a very well watched show. It is all through word of mouth. I mean it's like beautiful. Yeah. And that's I mean it's it's a testament to yeah. you know just again, like you know, just put yourself out there. And if you have a project that is your own, like do not be afraid to talk about it. We're always, I think, kind of sometimes, especially as women, we're scared to talk about that's ourselves true. and we get timid and you have to put yourself out there. I mean, like I am just throwing business cards these days when I'm yes. at networking events. I'm like, here you go, here you go. I have this thing, I have this thing. And it, you know, like I do my best. I've found my own rhythm to find like a way that's not aggressive, that's not intrusive or anything like that. But like if you are aggressive, like the first, you know, hundred times you do it, who cares? Because at least you're getting the word out there. And like, yeah. you know, the more people who, you know, if you whether you something to yourself, no one's going to no one's look gonna it up. Them. It. exactly like, yeah whatever project it is it's like you got to talk about it it's Unless yeah it's creepy in which case <laughs> shut the fuck up i don't know <laughs> don't tell me about that um, i want to know that so we have reached the end of the show where we do a little bit of not improvisation but oh my God. Okay. it's called short story oh i love it okay. and you're gonna yell out a word i'm gonna yell out a word oh my god and you have two minutes what? to tell a story that makes you think of that word you don't have to incorporate the word you can just, that reminds you of something, and you get to tell a story about it for two minutes only. I'm living for this. Yes. I love this. So, I'm going to put some two minutes on the clock, who oh, I think I am, and... Two minutes on the clock. Two tick minutes tock, on the clock. Tick tock, tick. Do you have a word in mind that you want to give me, oh, or do you want me to give you a word? Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm, like, looking. I'm, like, it's kind of like bridesmaids where I'm, like, fill glass. Like, I'm, like, looking out. <laughs> oh, 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 I've got to take him okay. down. Every person references that fucking plate. And it's the best thing ever. Do you want it to be Tom Hanks? Um, y- yes, I do. Because Are I you know giving you me a, Tom Hanks? I'm giving you Tom Hanks. I know that you're going to have 10,000 stories. Okay, you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so famously, I've told this story a little bit before, but Tom Hanks, the reason he's on that wall is because Kara, the woman that married Damon and I, mm. we all agree that Damon looks like Turner and Hooch era Tom Hanks. Mm. So... I will just say this. My friend has a Ron Howard party <laughs> oh, two 
two right. years ago. Yes. Yes. My friend has a Ron Howard party, which means we celebrate Ron Howard's birthday because, God damn it, he's a legend. He and is. we never talk about it. We never talk about it. So, here we are at Ron Howard's party, and then Damon and I are like, well, Damon has to be Tom Hanks. Circa, splash. Do yes. I have the hair? I do not. Do I want the hair? I do not. So, I go into Times Square. I'm running around. Damon's getting a dollar slice, and he looks perfectly Tom Hanks if he had, I don't know, a black mother or a black father. Who knows? And so, I go... And a trench coat. I don't think Damon has a trench coat. Uh, No, I have a Burberry. Excuse me. And so, (laughs) I I go into into the pizza or the whatever, and I'm like, I need like one of those big New York extra, extra large. He goes, ma'am, it's not going to fit you. I'm like, bitch, I know it's not going to fit me. I'm supposed to be Daryl Hannah tonight. So I grab it. It's like $3. I do not have cash. I have to add on two other goddamn New York items. And then I, I run out. We go to a store. We go to the party. And here I am in this like full New York t-shirt. Damn it. We are perfectly splashed. Everyone else is Tom Hanks, you know, or not Tom Hanks, Ron Howard-esque uh-huh. themed party. Yes. Oh my God. I have uh, only 30 seconds. Okay. So my friend says, oh, my friend got a kick out of that. Her name is Paige. She's, she loves that, you know, you did the party. And I was like, okay, great. Come to find out two weeks later, she goes, you know who I was talking about? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, I know Ron Howard's daughter. And she showed Ron the photos from the party and he got a kick out of it. And I was like mortified that my dumb ass and my boyfriend and all these people, we had, we had Ron Howard's face on a cake. We celebrate him so hard. And I'm taking credit for this. I should not. It is all Kara and Mackie. God bless you. One are forever. And it's, it's, it's the Lord's work. Oh, that was a great story. And if he does not endorse this fucking podcast, I don't understand. Ron Howard, we need your voice being like, but it was not, not. my party. There's <laughs> always money in the banana stand, bitch. It's money in the banana stand. Oh my God, and then we're just down. Oh. God bless. I'm going to give you two minutes on the clock. Yes. And your word is wine. Oh my God. Oh my God. What do I say about wine? Oh, oh my God. There's so much to say. Okay. I love wine so much to give context. One of my, uh, side jobs right now is I work in a wine store in Jersey city. Um, I do these really goofy videos on my Instagram where I drink wine and I talk about it called wine talk. Um, I famously, sorry, I'm interrupting your thing just to say that I do not give a flying fuck about wine. (laughs) And let me tell you, I've watched every episode of wine talk. Yeah. Well, let me, well, let me tell you that. two glasses in that at the time when I started working at the wine store, they literally just had a sign on their door and they're in my neighborhood. And I was like saying like, we need somebody to work nights. And I was like, this is great. I need to do that. And I went in, got the job immediately. Cause I guess I was the only normal person that went in. And well, people are probably like, Oh, I can get sloshed at work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, and you're but, like, but I, I was like, I truly, I told my boss, I don't really know anything about wine. And he goes, Oh, that's going to change really fast. And trust me, it did. And I love it so much. Because it's another type of literal vintage. Um, you love is, old shit. It, well, yeah, but it is totally reflective of a person, place, and time, and um, a land, and the like. People who who make it and mm-hmm. and grow the grapes and everything and every single uh, glass, every single bottle, every single everything is totally different. And it's so cool to learn. Every single year is different. It's based off the weather. It's incredible, and I love it. I love my job. Honestly, like even when I make it big, God, please, I, (laughs) that was me knocking on wood. Um, I honestly think I would still work there. I love it so much. Um, and I also love the people that come in. Um, and, uh, one of the, how much time do I have? 20 seconds. 
Oh my god. Okay. Uh, uh, the guy that I'm currently dating, I met like literally from looking up and seeing him, and he was buying wine. And I mean, wine just brings people together, and it's so great. <laughs> and Jesus and I the cross. I guess that's the story. Like, that's, I guess that's the story. That's the story, Morning Glory. Well, I don't know if that was a story. It just was like kind of a rant about how much I love working at a wine store. Well, that's that's your elevator pitch for wine. <laughs> that's what it was. I'm so yes. excited about the new Vintage Voyager. I'm excited about you. Also, don't sleep on Allison because let me tell you, bitch is fierce, bitch can sing, she can dance. I'm ready to get you back on the stage. I don't care what I have to do. Yeah, yeah let me just say real quick before we exit out of here, people often, like people in the musical theater industry, I don't understand. They're like, so are you performing anymore? And I'm like, that is what I'm doing. Either. Yeah, I'm like, you sound like an asshole. Yeah. I'm calling everybody out now because you're totally discrediting everything I've done for the last three years and calling it not performing. Bitch, it is I host my own damn show. I host my own show that is, is doing, if I may say so, very well. Like, how dare you? But also, yes, I still am. Like, we are always performers. We are always, always, we are always doing on. it. We are always on. It always has been. It always will be. And if you call me in, you know, for Roxy, or you call me in for Cassie, or you just call me, yes, I will pick call that me, up. Call me, beat me, if you want to reach me, to quote Socrates. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> have a great night, everybody. Tell me on a Sunday, please. <laughs> and one time... Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.